Welcome back to the Creek Families Podcast, where we want to equip parents in the home to make mature followers of Jesus. This is the Wednesday Night Live edition with Pastor Brian. This week, he concludes his series on heaven by discussing the new heaven and new earth. Here's Pastor Brian. All right, good evening. Oh, goodness. Good evening. We don't get to see each other for two weeks, so let's fake it tonight, all right? Good evening. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you all for coming. We are on part nine of heaven. This is the final one. And as I stated last week, we're going to talk about the new heaven and the new earth this evening. And what I'm going to try to do, because you could sit and we could go through Hebrews and Revelation and spend hours and hours trying to come up with an image. But what my goal is tonight is I'm going to like try to paint a picture using the New Testament, a little bit of Old Testament, of what the new heaven and new earth will look like. And then from there, I found a video that will give us a little visualization. So what I challenge you to do tonight is as we go through this, kind of begin to envision what you think the new heaven and new earth will look like based on what we read. And then I think we've got a pretty good video that will kind of put pictures and images to the words that we're going to read here. We have been talking about heaven, obviously, for eight weeks And there is no perfect adjective to describe what we feel like heaven is going to be like. I've tried to say amazing. I've tried to say beautiful. I've tried to say fantastic. I've tried to say wonderful. Um, Does anybody, since we're all friends at this point after two months, anybody have a good adjective to describe heaven? Go ahead. Well, okay, we're done. All right. Unimaginable. Perfect. There's no other word than unimaginable. And so one of the things that I love to think about when I think about eternity is what won't be there. The things that have that have hurt me in my life uh, here on earth in my time uh, as a human, you know, because it's going to be nothing like what we've gone through as the universal church. It's not going to be anything like we've gone through um, as a community, uh, as a state, as a nation, as the world right now. Everything going on in the world, there's just not going to be those things that just that break our hearts. Sometimes we don't even want to watch the news. We, we don't even want to even pick up our phone because we know we're going to read something where somebody's been tragically murdered, somebody's been hurt, somebody's been disrespected somebody it's just there's so much ugliness in this world today I'm looking forward to what won't be in our eternity so for me I've got a list and I'm sure that you have a list but here's what I'm looking forward to in heaven no more grief no more politics no more hurt no more deaths no more lying no more misinformation We were talking about that earlier, Matt. (laughs) No more crying, no more jealousy, no more injustices, no more riots, and no more war. What we have to look forward to in our eternity as believers in what Jesus Christ did and having faith in that and giving our lives to him is we have hope. And one day, and it may be sooner than later for some of us in this room or the sound of my voice, there will be a moment when there will be no more wrong. Every wrong that we have witnessed, that we have been a part of in this world, on this earth, will be made right as a result of what heaven is. Because in heaven there is no division 
And why heaven is the way it is is because of what our Savior Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I'm so glad that we are at a point in this series where we can talk about this and be able to realize and say, and, and people, this is, this is, in my humble opinion, why people don't talk about heaven enough. We don't teach about it enough. As, as pastors, we should probably talk about it a, a whole lot more than we do. But I, I'm afraid that the world is kind of like got inside of all of our heads culturally. And we've got to get to a point where you and I realize that heaven and the afterlife is not some magical myth. That it is not some impossible dream. It's not going to be some relentlessly dull meeting or worship service. And it's not some trivial distraction from the world that we exist in today. But that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. Really what heaven is in our eternity is a realm that was created just for us. And we've talked about that, discussed that, and that's what gives us our confidence, gives us our delight. That's what gives us our hope is that we can begin to see and say, just as Jesus did when he prayed, he said, Our Father who what? Art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, the first few lines of the prayer, model prayer from Jesus brings up heaven twice. I mean, it's got to be somewhat more important than we're making it today. And that's why I think culture and I think the, the way the enemy has tried to set up all these, these traps and these snares is to distract us and to get us to not think about eternity, not think about heaven, that it's just it's too much to wrap our heads around. But Jesus is telling us it's important. And so when we don't realize the importance of heaven, it will change the way we live today. That is, that's just honestly what I feel like it is. And so now, for the rest of the season, this evening, we've got this current earth that we exist on. The Bible teaches us that one day it's going to pass away. In Mark 13, 31, it says heaven and earth will pass away. And it's going to be replaced by new heavens and a brand new earth. And it begins, we'll begin tonight in Revelation 21, 5. And this is Jesus seated on the throne. And the one sitting on the throne says, look, I am making everything new. So in the new creation, everything is, is going to be made new. That means sin is going to be totally eradicated. Sin will no longer exist in our eternity. Um, we see in Isaiah 65, Isaiah 66, 2 Peter chapter 3, that the, the new heaven and the new earth are even mentioned back in the Old Testament as well as several times in the New Testament. Peter refers to the, the new earth as where the righteousness dwells. Isaiah back in the Old Testament says the former things will no longer be remembered. So this isn't a New Testament concept. This is something that has existed since the beginning of our scriptures. Everything will be completely new. Everything that we know now, everything that we see, even this earth, old things are going to go away according to scripture. And everything is going to be made new. No more sorrow. No more tragedy. That will disappear. The new earth will be free of sin, evil, sickness, suffering, and obviously of death. 
Now, the new earth is going to be very similar, and I'm going to talk fast tonight. The new earth is going to be very similar to our current earth, but it's also going to be, the main thing is it's going to be without sin. It's going to be one day exactly the way that God intended for it to be originally. Before Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden is what it was, everything was absolutely perfect. There was, every need was taken care of. There was no labor in that they had to prepare their own. Everything was provided for them. Animals could coexist. And so one day, this new earth is going to go back to exactly the way that God originally intended. And for lack of a better word, uh, I've tried to come up with some ways to describe it. It's going to be Eden restored. It's going to be Edenized. Eden 2.0. But what's even more exciting about this new earth, and here's where we're, it gets really fun. The major feature of the new earth is going to be the new Jerusalem. How many of you have heard of the New Jerusalem? You've kind of stumbled upon it a little bit in Revelation. And the Apostle John, he wrote Revelation, he refers to it as the holy city. Now, so here's this new earth, and then there's this new Jerusalem, this holy city, that some way, somehow, and only the way that God can do it, is going to come down, this new Jerusalem is going to come down and settle on a brand new perfect earth and this is where we're going to see this glorious city this is where you hear people talking about these streets of gold you hear them talking about the pearl gates you know the gates are made with one pearl and some way somehow all of this is going to be situated on this new earth it was some one of the a theologian says it this way he says this city will represent the final state of the redeemed mankind Forever in fellowship with God. Now let me read that again. City represents the final state. That's it. The final state of redeemed mankind, you and I as Christ followers, forever, eternal, in fellowship with God. So some amazing facts to think about based on what God's word teaches us. This will be... This new earth, this new heaven will be God's new dwelling place. This is where we will worship him. This is where we will be among all of his other children, our brothers and sisters. This is where he will be our one and only God creator. And we will see him. And it's been called in the the New Testament and the Old Testament, the new Jerusalem has been called the tabernacle of God. It's been called the holy city. It's been called the city of God, the celestial city. This one's my favorite. The city four square, and you'll see why here in a few moments, and the heavenly Jerusalem. It's literally heaven on earth, and it's referred to all throughout the Bible. Let me just read real quickly. In Hebrews 11.10, Abraham of the Old Testament was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Hebrews 12, 22. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. 
keep going on next chapter, Hebrews 13, 14. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And this is, I always try to give you something to read. If you have time on the, before you go to bed tonight, read Revelation 21 and 22, those two chapters. Or while you're sitting here, download the Version app, uh, download the NLT translation, and you can listen to it on your way home. But it is, talk about vivid and painting a picture. Revelation 21 and 22, those two chapters. And I'm going to re- start in 21, just we'll touch the very beginning. I want you to hear this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth, earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, listen, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. So when this has taken place, all that we know of recorded history of mankind here on earth, it's absolutely over. At this point, mankind, that's all been done. All the the ages of time have come and they have gone. This is now, you know, eternity future that has begun. And this is a part where Jesus Christ has literally gathered his church in the rapture. And there's all kind of passages that we could look at. But I think the one that best encapsulates this moment that we're trying to envision here is 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 17. I put the reference on your handout, but I want to read it to you. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So real quick chronology here is the tribulation has passed. The battle of Armageddon has been won. Satan has already been chained up for his thousand years for Christ's reign on earth. The new glorious temple of Jerusalem has already been established. And the final rebellion against God has been quashed and it is over. Satan has finally received his just punishment and been put into the lake of fire forever and the great white throne judgment has taken place mankind has been judged and then after boom 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 all those steps in that timeline i know that was like go back and listen to this on the spotify and the the apple podcast it says god will do a complete makeover of heaven and of earth after all those events. The new heaven and the new earth, a lot of people, biblical scholars, refer to it as the eternal state. Um, But we've read earlier that, you know, Peter talked about where this is just where righteousness will dwell. 2 Peter 3.13. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. So after this recreation of a new heaven and a new earth, God is going to reveal this new Jerusalem. And again, it's the same one that Abraham, back in the Old Testament, was faithfully waiting for. In Hebrews, it tells us Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Now, how big is this new Jerusalem? What is the size of it? It's 
ginormous. It's uh, what John tells us. It's more than a thousand miles long, thousand miles wide, thousand miles high. In Revelation 21, 15 through 17. Now imagine this as it's being read. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square. Okay? Found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet deep. Could you imagine that? Does anybody know off the top of your head what 1,400 times 1,400 even is? Anybody? It's like, almost, get, grab your calculator. It's like, it's, a, over a, it's like a million square feet. And that's just like one level. Imagine a million square feet. And some people think it's even more than that based on the, the some people think it's 1,500 miles based on the numbers. But in Revelation 21, 23, this is what's amazing to me. We won't need the sun or the moon. It will be lit, this new Jerusalem, this new earth will be lit by the glory of our creator. And the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb is its light. Wow. And then it goes on to tell us in chapter 21 and verse 19 that there's going to be 12 foundations that this new Jerusalem is going to be laid upon. And these 12 foundations have the names of the 12 apostles on them. And also with that, each foundation is going to be decorated with a precious stone. Look at this picture right here. These are all of the stones. And if I could pronounce them all, I would. You've got jasper, sapphire, uh, chalcedony, emerald, sardonyx, sardius, Chrysolite, beryl, topaz, chrysoprasus, jacinth, and amethyst. And what's amazing is there's 12 foundations now. So you've got 12 layers just stacked right on top of each other, somewhere settled, nestled on the new earth. And then the new heaven's going to come down, new Jerusalem's going to come down on top of these 12 foundations made of these precious gems. And when you stack all of them together, look what they look like. God's promise. It's a rainbow. When you put all of those together, it resembles. I don't think that's on accident. I think that's intentional. One of the first promises he made to mankind is also going to match one of the final ones that he makes to us. Because this is the beginning of our eternity. And then this, these four walls are going to have 12 gates. There's going to be three gates on each side of these four walls. And even these gates are going to bear names. They're going to bear the names of all the 12 tribes of Israel. And then from there, it tells us that the streets will be made, not just laced with gold, but they're going to be made of pure gold. So the New Jerusalem is just going to be this place of like unimagined blessing. It's going to be a place where there's literally like a tree of life and the Bible tells us a river of life. In Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2, the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, 
bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. There's that time again. I don't know what kind of time, but that's time. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. And just real quick, when you, you hear that last little part the, that the leaves were used to heal the nations, that doesn't mean that they were used to literally heal wounds and that there's war going on because the Bible tells us that warfare has completely ended. There's no more sickness. There's no more combat. There's no more division, no more death, no more pain. This healing translated is literally in reference to a perpetual blessing that will continue for all eternity. That's what these leaves represent, perpetual blessing. So in conclusion, with this thinking about this New Jerusalem, I know that was a lot real fast, but I wanted to try to give you all an image before we watch this video. The New Jerusalem is the ultimate fulfillment of God's promises, the ultimate fulfillment of his creation. And so when we see this, it's going to be, the New Jerusalem is going to be God's goodness fully manifest and let's take a look at this video see if we can make an image of this pretty wild huh isn't that crazy so brings us to our final question of the evening who are the residents of this new jerusalem god the father the son holy spirit tells us that angels are at the gates and then who else will be there the redeemed. Those of us who have made a decision to believe and put faith in what Jesus Christ did to even make any of this eternity possible. Remember that there's a the New Jerusalem is the righteous counter to a response, and some of you have heard of this, of the, the evil of Babylon. And you can see that in Revelation 17. There's, there's, there's the New Jerusalem, and then the response to that was... Satan going through with Babylon, but God destroys all that with his judgment. So for us, the question is very simple. Do we go with Babylon the Great, or do we go with the new Jerusalem? And if you have accepted Christ, you will be a citizen. Think about that. A citizen of the new Jerusalem. How can I stand here and make that statement? In Ephesians 2, 6... For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And our mission statement here at Mud Creek is this, and let's read this together. We exist to glorify God by making mature followers of Christ who know God's love deeply and show God's love clearly in our city and around the world. And what is one of the absolute best ways to live out that mission statement is to always have heaven in the forefront of our minds. Be thinking on things above. We hope you enjoyed that teaching and learned a little more about what heaven will be like. Join us next time as Pastor Brian continues his teaching in Wednesday Night Live. Thanks again for joining us and have a great weekend.